Hello. Ooh, we're a bit loud, I think. Um, this we're coming live from Resonance 104.4 and on the interweb too. Um, and from the future, you can listen to us on podcast. And in the past, you can listen to us by fortune telling. Um, so if Notre Dame is listening, beware of Hista. Um, in the meantime, um, this is Freaky Trigger and a lot of pop. Um, as you may notice, there is no theme tune tonight, um, and this is because today is No Music Day. So it's um, a non-stop No Music Marathon for the next hour or so. Um, and if you are on the interwebs, um, you can go to freakatrigger.co.uk and you can listen to the theme tune while we're talking. Um, press track one. There are more tracks to listen to uh, as we go on during the show, um, but we'll come to that as we get there. Today we are coming live um, on this dark and stormy night in Hampshire from the uh, stately home of Dr Black, noted psychiatrist and board game victim. Um, it's, a, it's a nasty night out there, but I will introduce you to our guests. Um, we have, um, in order around the room, uh, Miss Sarah Scarlett. Why, hello there. Um, Professor Tom Plum. Good evening. Um, Miss Alex Peacock. Hello. Uh, we also have Colonel Robert Mustard. Um, and um, I'm your host, the Reverend Peter Green, without my splinter group. And um, we're also expecting later Mrs Tanya White, um, who some of you may previously know in a previous life as Tanya Hedden, um, but she recently married Jack White to split up the White Stripes. And um, with the colour theme, Father Brown has not been invited. Um, so, yes, enjoy the next hour, our uh, non-stop no-music marathon, as we keep going into Freaky Triggers and the Lollas of Pop. The drink. But, yeah, indeed, <laughs> this, that's, a, that's a key point because, of course, um, it is no music day today, so we can't talk about music and we can't play any music. So the pop in our title is not music. It is... The drink. Or is it something else? Alex? Um, yes, it is. <laughs> what else could it be? Some know. sort of collective noun. It could be a collective noun. It could be... I've uh, heard of a pop of weasels before. Yes, that's, that's, that's if you go up and down the city road. But... Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it could be, I mean, pop art. Or, or, or just sort of... Very like good. That. Yeah. that was pretty good. Is that body popping, Tom? <laughs> no, that's musical. <laughs> no, that's dancing. Body popping what, is dancing. What, what do you dance to other than music? Good question. Um, but the we beat could... of your own drum. Well, the beat Unless that's, that's music, too. That's still a drum. Well, the eardrum. See, I, I'm not sure if Bill Drum has thought this through. Um, you know, if you, if you think about it, you've got eardrums. Does he want us to take out our eardrums? No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it means we stop and listen to music. And also, and I've also, heard Bill Drummond's records. I think that that would actually help. Uh, well, yeah. I think we'll leave that for Tanya to say later when she gets here. I wonder where she is. Anyway, we'll... we'll, mm, we'll time I'll, is drawing on. You know what she's like. She's probably, Why didn't it work out with him out of the white stripes, by the way? Because obviously they're, they're still going. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think she may have banged her drum or something or just mm, thrown them out. She it's, does bang her drum. Like monkeys do. <laughs> just like monkeys do. Um... Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Tanya's, Tanya's job is to try and kill all the pop music anyway. So, um, you know, that's like a metaphor, isn't it? So, Tom, pop music? No. But death as metaphor? Oh, yeah. That I can do. Okay. <laughs> we'll try that then. Um, while researching for, for this week, I was very very keen on the idea of No Music Day and, and, and thought that let's, let's see if we can kill pop, um, the drink or the music, but especially the music. And so I started thinking of when you're killing an abstract thing, um, the idea of, of, of death as a metaphor is actually it's, it's a very common one. You see sort of things on the death of pop. The ashes were born out of the idea of the death of English cricket. 
Um, and you also see sort of fairly regularly thought pieces on things like the death of politics, the death of football. And I actually, uh, using the power of the, the internet, I drew up a list of suspects ah. in some of these crimes. So um, name, name, name us a particular crime. Well, yeah, who's the victim first? The victim in this case is, is politics. And these are some of the... Mr. Pete Politic. This is some of the things involved in the death of politics. Home blogging. Hmm, yep. Bipartisanship. Not so sure. Religion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abortion. Mm, no, that's the death of fetuses. Media, media <laughs> cyn- controversial point. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> just, just saying. Media cynicism. Mm, maybe. But, but who are the least likely people to have killed off politics? Would it be the political parties themselves? I would mm-hmm. thought, thought Trini and Susanna are quite unlikely. Well, they've got a, <coughs> a long Oh, rep- they're Tories. Yeah, true, true. So, so the political parties, do you think? The political parties themselves, the Democrats and Republicans, this being a US source for the death of politics, but also Labour and the Tories were uh, were, were fingered for it in um, not the Lib Dems. Politics. Well, the Lib, the Lib Dems may have been an accessory to murder, but they're not really important enough to actually <laughs> wield a knife. Um, and then looking at the the death of football, right? A similar thing emerged. Was it Xbox culture? Well, what, what does that mean? Was it? means Xbox culture. I mean, but, I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, what does, does that, that mean? mean playing video means, games and not playing football yes, out in the park with exactly. jumpers for goalposts? playing video games and playing uh, football manager. Football video games. Yeah, possibly. playing football manager and, and FIFA. Instead of doing real football management. But yeah. that, well, <laughs> Kids don't really do real football management. They do sort of shouting and, That's not management. and waving their hands about. And actually, actually Alex, I think you'll be surprised. A lot of people think shouting is management. Well, they think it is, but it's actually not. But then also... <laughs> Capitalism. Yep. Uh, we, we, this football. How this does that kill Xboxes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. How, how does capitalism f- lead with the Xboxes? Can you get a football into an Xbox? It's well, you can <laughs> when you get fed up of rubbish first-person shooters. If you deflate it and then blow it up inside, but that will destroy the Xbox. Hooliganism mm. and racism. That's also, yeah. also on the charge sheet. But then also Man United and Chelsea. Together. Were, were, were quite possibly together were uh, in suspected cahoots. of killing football. Now, you'd think that Man United and Chelsea actually do quite well out of football. I would have thought so, yeah. But, but, but that would make them the least likely murderers mm. of football. Who, who, who would be the detective in this case? I mean, are we looking at Gary Lineker or uh, would be a sports journalist? or Roy of the Rovers. Uh, okay. He might be a murderer as well. Yeah. The, but very, very confusing the, business. My conclusion is that, that death is a metaphor. Quite often it's a, there's a kind of Scooby-Doo effect coming into place where it's always the least likely people it's always the people who are actually doing quite well out of it who are supposed to be killing them so why is this why why you know it's the it's the political parties who are killing politics it's uh chelsea and manu who are killing football. i mean go, going back to scooby-doo i mean i'm mean, surely shaggy uh, would always be saying it wasn't me in this situation but anyway yeah as yeah. i say sorry that's... well it never was actually in scooby-doo so no it never was shaggy yeah you'd have a fair point so so chelsea and man united as you say are doing very well out of football yes um but, but Maybe they want to kill it so they can do even better out of it in a kind of goose golden egg. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they're killing it because they want to play a more exciting game involving balls. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could actually want to play basketball. No, or murder ball. Or, or murder ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be. But though I, I, I suppose it would have to be in wheelchairs. So. But yeah, I mean, the, well, they the get con- to have a nice sit down. No, oh, that is nice. Yeah. Hmm. Quite dangerous, though. The conclusion I come to is that people who are screaming blue murder over the death of something. Screaming blue murder. Where does that come from? Well, I heard it's from a French phrase. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Mer bleu. I'm afraid my French isn't particularly great, so that's probably a terrible way of pronouncing it, but, uh, which means blue murder. 
So it's from the French for blue, blue murder. Blue murder. Okay, okay. Well, that's mm. that makes sense. Hooray for the French there. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. So. There we are. First fact of the Yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're doing well out of it. And Blue Murder, of course, also would apply to Chelsea in this situation rather than Man United. Yes, that would be Red Murder. If you say so. I'm, Manchester not, a, I'm City. not a football type. Sky Blue Murder. Oh, well, fair enough. I don't know, round ball game. Yeah, it's all the same, isn't it? Mm, pretty much. So what I learned from considering this is that, A, these various abstract institutions like football and pop and such, like, first of all, they, they exist in a state of almost perpetual death. There's always somebody... How abstract is football? Not very. I'd say it was quite tangible. Yeah, true. Especially if it hits you. As a, <laughs> as a kind of large-scale pursuit, it has an abstract element. It can mean all sorts of things. It can mean thinking about football as well as playing football. Right, oh. okay. Uh, okay, yeah, we got it. But these kind of... Deaths. These kind of deaths, they seem to be kind of perpetual. They're, they're always happening. There's always somebody who's saying, well, something is killing all right. these things. But they never actually die. They always come back. And mm. so what's happening, I think, is a, a sort of... Everyone wants to be the person who can say yes. You know, everyone wants to be Shaggy and Scooby Doo rather right. than Shaggy the rapper who says it wasn't him. Um, and they Mind all you, want, he, he did her on the counter. They all want the kind of heroic, not. Shaggy. No, that <laughs> wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they all want to be able to point the finger and say, "Well, these things are dying, right. and I know what's killing them. I'm the one." But is this this idea of, of constant resurrection as well? Yes, they, they all come back um, for someone else to kill off. Mm. A, bit, a bit like comics characters. A lot like comics characters, because Very of course, because it's the idea that they're dead for a bit, but they Jesus. always come back. And Jesus, yeah, who is a comics character? Yes, and a vampire? No, no, that's Dracula. Oh, yeah. sorry, I got confused. Yeah, Dracula. Uh, close to a close to a black grapefruit right there, which we wouldn't be able to talk about, of course, because indeed it's music, and we are on our non-stop no music marathon. Non-stop no music. Hey, which speaking would, of music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? What was that? Ah, <laughs> um, yeah, where is some sort of funny noise? Tanya should be here by now. Oh, I think maybe that was her car backfiring. Do you want to go and see? Yeah, I'll, I'll just go and check. Hold on. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, coming up later in the show, uh, we've got um, a letter from Tajikistan, um, and uh, ah! what, <laughs> Sarah? What is it? Ah! There's, there's something outside. Something. So, some, I, I, I can't tell. Let's have a look. It's a body. A body? Is it? Oh is my it? god, it's Tanya. Well, it looks like Tanya. Um, I, I, I think if, if those of you are on the internet now, I think now would be a really good time for you to play track one whilst we investigate. Is that, is that something on? Is that something pinned to the body? Is that, is I, I that don't, a, I don't know. Is that um, a, um, should we, what should we drag the body in here and we'll, we'll see yeah, what's happening? Yeah, let's drag the body in here. Whose car was it that backfired? Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's. I don't um, know. Wurzel Gummidge? Everyone's. Everyone's Probably someone's SUV. Everyone's listening to everyone's listening to the track now, so we'll be all right. I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll bring the body in, and we'll, is is it, it? It looks horrible. It looks like it looks like we've been hit by something. Um, Blunt force trauma. Could be that. Could be that. What track? Well, I wouldn't know, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us would know, obviously. I mean, we're not in the business of going around murdering people, are we? No, Absolutely we're not. Friends, it could have been done with almost anything. It could look no, like it could have been done. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's some lead piping, the butt end of a revolver. I mean, we don't even know. What's that round her neck? We don't even know where. Is it was that some done. rope? Oh, we, we or is it just a necklace? We don't know where it was done. I mean, we, we, if we if we if we're going to even look at this, can any has anyone got their mobile on them? Can we can we call the police? No. Hold on, hold on. We're miles from anywhere, Pete. Don't be ridiculous. Well, well, I finished playing. It, it no was a, it was a it was a forty five minute it was a forty five minute journey here on I, on the cab. I think the show must go on. 
Yeah, yeah, but the, tra- so. the track's the track's still playing. Mm. There's no one listening. There's Hold on, I, I've just found something. It, What's it, that? It, it is, it is. There's an envelope. It, it's pinned to Tanya's body. Okay. What there's there's a note in inside it. Hold on a second, hold on a second. I think the track's still playing. They, um, they, they... Rob, Rob how's it, how, how are we doing with the track? Oh, it's still playing. Okay, okay. Um, well, I think... I mean, I think, I think when we come back on there, we need to tell people what the situation is, and then, and then maybe we can. Um, I mean, we can if we can't get on the phone. It phones, appears to be a note from the victim. Okay, okay. I, I think, think is, the, is the, the track out. the track's over now. I think is it, Rob? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little intro as we go back in, and okay, then, uh, then right. we'll come back onto it. Um, hey, welcome back. That was a track one. We're not allowed to talk about it, but um, we'll tell you more on the internet tomorrow about that. Um, you're listening to Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. Guns, yeah, or pop, pop drink. Um, as you may have heard before the record, um, uh, one of our contributors, uh, contributors, sorry, um, has been found brutally murdered in Dr. Black's house. Um, we've realised that we're completely cut off. Um, we've got no communications apart from this radio studio. Um, and um, so we asked someone to uh, call the police, please, and send them to Dr. Black's house in Hampshire. Um, and... Uh, but in the meantime, I think it, it behooves us to obviously stay together. We can't we can't split up here, and if we can solve this murder while we're here, we should do so. Now, I believe Sarah has found a note pinned to the body. Is it a suicide note, Sarah? I don't know. I haven't been able to finish reading it yet. Okay. Shall I, shall I read it out to us? Please, all now? please. I mean, I, T- Tanya was coming on today to talk about No Music Day. Okay. Um, it, it appears to be from the victim herself. Okay. Um, please. Without further ado. Yeah. Hello, this is Tanya Hedden. And as you may know, I hate music. But today is no music day, so am I happy today? Has my hate dispersed? Not at all. The day seemed to start so well, with the news that the government had destroyed 25 million CDs using TNT. But my disappointment when that misunderstanding cleared is nothing as to my disappointment with Bill Drummond and no music day. Disappointment or suspicion? Am I the only one to find it a touch odd that a man made rich by the pop charts is now demanding that we spend a day without music? You might argue that Bill Drummond's presence in the pop charts was a well-planned situationist stunt. The situation this conceptual art pioneer engineered was of people going to a record shop and paying money for a single they could dance to. Daring stuff, I grant you, but not really an excuse. It is also possible that he's realised, perhaps whilst listening to one of the 19 version of What time is it, love? What, what time is it? What what time? What time? Um, that music, particularly his music, is um, a, a bit rubbish. But this is a man who burnt a million pounds. If I were him, I wouldn't trust my judgement. And if Bill and also ah, if Bill Drummond really believes in No Music Day, why doesn't he change his name to Bill Mond? A A. I hope you understand that. Um, no, what Drummond is doing is reverse psychology. By telling you not to listen to music, he makes you notice music. It's overpowering omnipresence. It's non-stop babble in your ear. You notice it and you buy more. No Music Day is like No Nuclear Weapons Day. By having a day off, it makes it all right to rain nuclear Armageddon on the world the rest of the year. And we know where that will leave us. A whole world being repopulated by Mark Owen and armpit-haired Nina, where Bill John Ons would be referred as a good I'm Tanya Hedden, and I hate no music day. That's, that's clearly what she was going to uh, 
read out on air. So it's. <gasps> so it, I've just read that out. It may mean you're marked next. <gasps> Better go on with your bit then. I think I think we I think we should um, all stay stay in this room together. Um, we shouldn't go out. Um, I, I I think we need to look at the body in a bit. Um, see if there's anything we can do. I mean, she's clearly dead, so I'm not giving her mouth to mouth. And frankly, when she was alive, there's second degree gin burns to be got there. So um, <laughs> you know, um, but what she says about No Music Day is that. I mean, what do you think of No Music Day, Tom? Uh, yes. You tend to agree with I mean, her, or I, I think a lot of music is very bad. Yeah. But then I think that maybe Tanya's right, and that no music day is it's an opportunity to think about music, to miss it a bit. Mm. Just as you know, if you have a day when you don't eat any crisps, say, then maybe the next day you'll eat two packets of crisps. Thus Perhaps. undoing all your good work. Thus undoing all your good work. Well, not necessarily though. But the way the body's metabolism works is is sometimes a good way to have a couple of days off, rather than. I mean, certainly that's true of drinking. Yes, that's true. So, Something yeah. a lesson Tanya never learned. Frankly. No, exactly. I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, I'm surprised she's not. She may just be pickled here. We might be able to bring her back to life later at this rate. So um, well, I don't think we're going to need an undertaker, are we, for the embalming? No, that is true. She's a bit whiffy as well. I, I think the main problem with memory is that, that me. if it if it goes on for sort of several years and it becomes institutionalised, then you end up with something like talk no like a pirate day. Or, or talk with an umlaut day. Is that, when is talk like talk with an umlaut day? Is that talk, talk with an umlaut day is, I think it's coming up in a couple of or weeks. Talk, like, talk with an yeah. umlaut day. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite hard. To <laughs> to talk. With, well, so it's a good thing that we don't have to do it until. Yeah, talk, talk with, with an umlaut day. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think it's week four of the lollards actually is on. Talk with an umlaut day. Yeah. So that should be interesting stuff. I know. Good I luck. Yeah, two weeks' time. Good luck but, to them. But yeah, <laughs> it, it risks becoming institutionalised and it's something people take for granted. And, and like Buy Nothing Day, which. Yeah. Goes badly every year for me. Well, <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, Alex, I mean, we were, we were told before we get here, we got here that we weren't allowed to talk about music, we weren't allowed to play music. And also, there were other other there were other things we weren't allowed to use, like uh, I can't remember what the tone language Sprechen Sprechenzi what's it? No, not Sprechenzi Deutsch. Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> Deutsch. No, Sprechenzi Deutsch. No, Sprechstimm. Sprechstimm is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, that's a German term that means uh, it's from the German for Sprechstimm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what, I, what, so what, what, what does it mean? Sprechstimm. Uh, Sprechstimm, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's a t- it's a yeah. tone it's a tone based yeah. it's yeah. a tone based language. Are we, you talked about this in the last series, long last briefly. No, no, I talked about sol re sol, a language based on the musical scale. But that would be the Let, same, I guess. Have none it? of that. Yes, sun. it would be. Yeah. Which is music, so you know it's out. I'm afraid. Is, yeah. Is sort of Sprechstimme the equivalent to to speaking and singing, like walking is. Speed walking is to walking. Oh right, it's, so it's not it's like doing actual. It in a really sort of stilted it, way. Isn't it more what like skipping is to walking? What well, sort of a, a silly way of walking? What, what are you saying? And also a much more effective way of walking. Skipping is not more effective than walking. Is a skipping rope involved? Is it more effective no, than no, your no, calves? Just, uh, yes. <laughs> I think we're speaking from lack of knowledge here, aren't we? Very possibly. I, I mean, I would, I would say. I would say. I mean, skipping Calves is more steam, fun. Mate. Skipping is more fun than walking, but is considerably sillier. So. Yeah. I don't know. Where's the popular groundswell for No Music Day? There's obviously something which sells Talk Like a Pirate Day, because talking like a pirate lets you go, yarrr, a lot, which is fun, as any fool know. Where's, where's, where's the sell in No Music Day? Is well, it that Bill Drummond's going to come round our house and say, well I, done, you didn't listen to any music I today think if at you're, all? If you're, still so. in a, if you're still in the workplace I hope which, so too. which plays music, then actually No Music Day might be quite a good thing if you really hate the music that's being played. It would have saved me Jeremy Vine today, actually. So you love Jeremy Vine. Mm. 
I mean, it's it's interesting that the the place that really I mean, the two places that have really gone whole hog for it is Resonance, and you you can understand Resonance going for it because it's an art station, terrific station that allows um, access to the airways of the recording stars of the future, um, and us. Um, but also, BBC Radio Scotland um, were very big on No Music Day, and I really? can't help so but thinking no <laughs> you can understand why that is. is it? Well, I guess with acts like Amy McDonald, what are you saying about there, Deacon Blue? It's a blessing. Deacon Blue were a long time ago now. They've sailed away in their ship called Dignity. Yep, <laughs> and it sank. And the chocolate girl has melted. <sighs> anyway, I, 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 think we, I think we got a little bit off the topic of the fact we've got a dead body on the, yes, <laughs> a uh, dead body on the floor here. Um, Alex, you know, you know a little bit about forensics. I do um, know a little bit about forensics. Uh, is there anything you can do? I can. I can see whether you. Weather's know not clearing up, is it? Is no, it's, it's nasty out there. Um, I've, I've actually. Devised a quiz. A quiz to see how much you all know about forensics. I can't help but thinking that might be a little bit frivolous when we've got a dead body in the room. But hey, what the hell? Let's do it anyway. Well, who knows? Anyway, my quiz is called Truth or CSI. Truth or CSI. And the premise behind it is, I've got a number of murders. Murders. Which I'm going to describe to you. Okay. And you're going to tell me whether they're true murders, the tragic kind, the nasty kind. You don't want to trivialise the subject. No, 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 no. Or just from CSI. <laughs> okay. Which which so, are a bit silly because we get to get whizzed inside the body and exactly and they're ridiculous frankly. with lasers <laughs> often with lasers. Mm. Um, so are we ready? Yeah, well, why not? Throw the first okay. one at us. Number one from Tanya can wait. CSI. Yeah, she can. She's dead. Is okay. A man is found bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher by the crew of an aircraft. In the aircraft. In the aircraft. So mm. also that sounds. Now, I know that there has been aircraft murderising on CSI, but I mm. believe that the weapon wasn't a fire extinguisher. I believe it was the mob mentality of people who couldn't handle the fact that there was an epileptic on the plane. Is, is that yes. I, I, oh. I, I think I've seen that one. So I've, I've never seen CSI. <laughs> no. This, this You've might, never lived. This might be an opportunity to admit this. I've yeah. never, ever seen CSI. In which case, you're the best it's, person to judge, Tom. Does it sound true? Exactly. It, they're all going to sound true to me. <laughs> I think that's true. Because so, I think Sarah's right. False. They, yeah, yeah, I think, I think true. true. It is true. It's the tragic tale of Len Koenig, a baseball player. He's got player. a number out his name, hasn't he? No, I just can't pronounce okay, it. Okay, fair enough. Um, who, in 1935, he charged an aircraft and started a fight. Who? And the crew, beat I him think, to death. beat him to death with a fire extinguisher, tragically. It's, it's always the least likely. Well, it certainly is. Well, it's it's possible that Tanya has been killed with a, with a fire extinguisher because she is lying there and it's definitely some kind of blunt injury. Blunt so, yes. so that's helping us there, I think. That's a useful fact. Any, okay. Another one, please. Okay. A jewellery designer is found dead from internal trauma and he's wearing an $8 million bra that he created. I think I may have seen this one. I think CSI I, New York, this one. Peter's on the true. money. Yeah, I think, I think, think Mac, Mac leapt in yes. on that one. It's the tragic uh, made-up story of a jewellery designer who swallowed a diamond yeah. and was then assaulted, and the diamond cut through his heart and killed him. But it wasn't a real diamond, was it? Oh, no, he thought it was a fake diamond because he had to get rid of the fake diamond. I, think it's, it's, I can't it's actually terrific. remember. It's really, really complicated. I think he thought it was a fake diamond, so he swallowed it, but then it cut through the inside of his body. Yes. Diamonds being the hardest substance in the world. That and um, a really tough Sudoku. That's quite but, hard. But also, $8 million bra. <laughs> There Why was he go. wearing that? I, I can't that remember. I was imagining you saying that because nobody else picked you up on it. No, but, it happened. But how? But how much was the diamond worth? More than the bra. Seven million. I don't know. I mean, the yeah, eight, why is the bra so <laughs> valuable? Have you ever tried to swallow a bra? I think the eight million dollar bra was for the uh, bionic woman, or oh, the, the original right. version, who was six million dollars, made rather than the new one, which is rubbish. My next scenario. Okay. 
is a dog trainer is found dead at a dog competition like Croft, and they've been stabbed in the back by a knitting needle. A knitting needle. Oh, that sounds mm. more like the Avengers to me. Not only <laughs> is it true, Cat Stevens did it. <laughs> no, it's from CSI New York. Another New York one. Yes, and it's actually she dies because um, her dog is nobbled by <laughs> being fed antidepressants. And she Was accidentally she she um administers some antidepressants to her dog in a feeding bottle. But right. to prepare this, she sucks the bottle herself. Yeah, and then Fine. it mixes with the antidepressants already in her system because she's a bit miserable because she's a dog trainer. And then she falls onto a needle. Oof! The end. Death by misadventure. Yeah. Mm. Wait, do we want more? I'll, I'll have. I think we'll take one more, and then maybe we'll have a look at the body and see what we can do. Okay. Uh, a woman is murdered by a mob who rip off her skin with sharp seashells and then burn her. Well, seashells would be Miami, but but, but uh, it seems. But the mob, a mob, is a fairly CSI thing. I mean, we've already said the airplane mob, and then we also have the flash mob, although that involves um, golf balls with mm. something written on them. Did someone murder a flash mob? Yes, uh, killing of a flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone used a flash mob to kill someone, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah, to... Um, a complex murder of using golf balls, I think. It's yeah. always complex, isn't but, it? But can you, can you run through this one again? Seashells and... Uh, a woman is murdered by a mob who rip her skin off with sharp she- seashells. Did, did, she, did she sell And them? then burn her. No, well, she sounds, didn't. That, that sounds historic. That sounds kind of like mid-70s sea witch of, of Cornwall. 17th century. You're, you're yeah, far, but far instead away. of a human body, it would be a monkey. Yeah. It's actually the Greek mathematician and philosopher Hypatia of Alexandria in 415 AD. I CSI wasn't that far away. I said the past. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean. I didn't say season oh, one. Well, I picked up um, a copy of the Athenian murders today. Oh, yeah. Um, which is... Um, sort of, um, a bit like that um, Jeff Vandermeer thing where you've got this one story going on and then another story being told in the footnotes. And the principal story is um, of a, an ancient Greek detective uh, discovering, um, well, what, what happened to somebody who got murderized. But I've so, well, I bought it at lunchtime and I read three pages, so ancient I can't Greek, really tell you so much. Ancient Greek Cluedo would be good. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have seashells, you'd have a tortoise. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd have Greek philosopher, a razor. A, a razor, yeah. Hemlock. Occam's Razor. Um, um, Occam wasn't Ooh, Greek. Oh, drowning in a bath. <laughs> was he not? That was, yeah. Was he not Greek? But the, no, Occam wasn't Greek. He was Occamish. He was medieval, wasn't he? You're, you're the ancient historian, Tom. That, you tell yeah. me tell me where, where, where Alex, yes. Alexander died. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> but, but surely within the first three pages of this book, you can work out who did it. Oh, yeah. well, no I, no, I haven't been able to figure out who did it. But I did learn that there's a literary term called Edysseus. I deceased. Does anybody know? I, no. I, no. Oh, it's I deceased. What does it mean? It's someone who's died. Um, it's a sort of secret code words in a text telling you a, a, a secret story. I was like an acrostic. <laughs> or a word code. search. I mean, Alex, I mean, could you? I mean, you've you've read a lot of, of detective fiction. Can you can you tell often Odyssey. early on who's done it from just the way it's yeah, described? Yeah, I think you become a seasoned reader. Yeah. And um, you sort of get to see what kind of thing there is and. I've I've mainly been reading Agatha Christie, to be quite honest. Oh, I'm still rubbish at this. I can never tell who done it. Well, I, my best, um, my record is page fifty for my guess, and my guess being right. And I've I um I had a cursory look at my expanding collection of Agatha Christie paperback, mm-hmm. and came up with a couple of features of sort of not exactly sort of words that she uses, but sort of characters and their kind of well characteristics. <laughs> 
<laughs> that sort of give you the, the tip you towards them being the the bad one. Okay, give us give us some examples. Um, they have a large collection of knives. <laughs> yeah, that's always Do they really have a, much a yeah. twirly moustache. No, because that's Poirot. <laughs> Is that like oh. he, he solves it. Although that, it's harder in Marple because she doesn't have a luxurious moustache. No, that we see. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's things like it'll often be the very first person to appear in the book, and they'll be doing something completely innocent, and then the story will move away from them, and you'll think, oh, they were just a minor character, and then it'll turn on you like. Oh, it was them all along. So can you give me an example of that? Is there, like, say, someone goes and picks some flowers and almost for scene setting? Uh, there's one. I'm not going to... I don't want to spoil... Provide spoilers or <laughs> you, anything. You're not going to be spoiling The books have been out for quite a long yeah. time now. All right. I can tell uh, you who did it in the mousetrap. The of limitations is really but I don't, I've not seen the mousetrap. Okay, I, really right, I won't tell you who did it. <laughs> it. It's things like um, this guy who is... He, he goes off for a walk at the beginning of the book and it seems all, all nice and lovely. Mm. And then later on you find out that the walk was the walk that he was making on his way back from having uh, done in his best mate. Committed Domoida. Things like that. Um, other things are um, female housekeepers. She's not a big fan of Mrs. those. Mrs. Danvers. I don't know that one, but yes. I mean, what, what, I mean the, motive, the motives in those situations. Because um, she's very keen on motives. Well, the motives seem to be things like they're trying to protect members of the family from other members of the family. Because aren't you related to Tanya? I wouldn't like to... Yeah, I, I suppose you could say that. With You're, not not you, directly, but yes. I, I remember her saying once you were her sister, but you don't... You don't well, really I didn't know until, a, you know, a few years ago. You don't really... You don't really Thought much. When, when did you? Was it just after you got out of hospital you found out? Or well, no, it was just slightly before that. Actually, she well, basically, Pete, she stole my kidney. She, <laughs> she stole. I mean, I know she's had problems with her with her organs. Well, with her lifestyle. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't realize. So she took one of your kidneys. Yeah. Well, you know, she said she tracked me down. She said she'd had these problems, and I was her long lost sister, and it turned out to be true. And she and said she needed a kidney, and I said, well, okay. And, and that's why you're in that wheelchair now. Yes, yes, that's what all the creaking is today on, on the air. And, um, that's, and, that's, I suppose now, yeah. I suppose now she's dead. You could probably get, get my kidney back. I, I need my kidney back actually, yeah. but um, it's a bit callous. For your just murder to take ball it career, now. it's quite cold <laughs> in the studio, so it's yeah. been well preserved. I can't, I can't help, I can't help thinking, for Alex, if, we, if, if this was an egg for Chrissy, that would be a pretty good motive for killing her. Oh what? no! Don't be silly. But I mean, but tell us more about Agatha Christie. Tell us, you know. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you more about a bit about detective fiction, really. Um, there was this chap called Ronald Knox. Yeah. If any of you've heard of him? I hadn't. No. So I looked at the internet. And he wrote a Ten Commandments for Detective Fiction. Okay. In thou shalt kill. We'll be number so one when we're the talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thou, thou shalt definitely kill. Uh, and it was um, uh, sort of during the golden age of crime fiction. So it was after the first few had written that, you know, broke the ground for crime fiction. Or should I say detective fiction, really? Hmm. And he um, just kind of came up with a few sort of themes, things like the criminal must be mentioned in the early part of the story, right. but not on, must not be anyone whose thoughts the reader has been allowed to follow. Mm-hmm. No more than one secret room or passage is allowable. <laughs> so that, that's clear to because he's got two. Exactly. All supernatural agencies are ruled out. Objection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, death by ghost. <laughs> no, hitherto undiscovered poisons may be used. Not any appliance which will need a long scientific explanation. I think, I think, I think, the, this I think, is rubbish. That I think means both that of those all CSI could never happen. Yeah, ever. No, we're talking true. about golden age detective fiction. Yeah. This is later is, on, is it's, it's slightly age. different because I think that's also that's also like you're not allowed to invent a magic well, poison that has no age, no, no no symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. And there's there's others. I mean, the number five is slightly iffy. That's no Chinaman must figure in the story. <laughs> that, <laughs> is a bit, that is a bit iffy. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was, it was written. 1929. Is it almost as if it's a given that if a Chinaman's in the story, he would do it? It seems. Uh, well, I didn't want to say that. It's a time that, of strained international relations, though, 1929. So, where, yeah. where, in, where, in where, where in those rules would fit, um, as a murder weapon, for instance, someone miniaturising themselves and walking through someone's brain? Uh, With a tissue that, compression eliminator. Because this, 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 was, this was a method of murder yeah. recently, if I remember rightly. Yes, in a, in a detective story I read, Maygrey and the Old Lady. <laughs> um, I don't know, Maygrey and the wife of the... small old lady. Maygrey and the wife of the atom. Maygrey yeah. and the killer. <laughs> um, we'll get on to Maygrey and the killer. No, in a detective story that I read recently called Identity Crisis, which is a, a superhero comic book, they decided, we've got a mystery writer who wants to write some comics. Let's get him to write a murder mystery. Now, the problem with writing a superhero murder mystery is that you've got a lot of characters who can things like see through walls read each other's minds, <laughs> um, generally make it quite hard for someone to escape detection. Yeah. But what they could not detect is somebody using a miniaturising belt to go in and jump up and down inside someone's brain <laughs> until they died and then, and then burn the body afterwards so that it looked like it might be someone with fire powers. Spontaneous yeah. human Or a match. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, it was quite rubbish. Yes, um, it, was, it was, but no one guessed it. No. Um, and... I, but it's it's one of the it's one of the things it's one of the, one of the things where where one kind of genre hits another genre without really thinking it through. You yes, know, it, it, it's it's what happens right now, and it's well, mm. I'm not sure if that's going to work. And I kind of suspect if they have the technology to shrink people, mm. then someone else is going to have to have heard about that. Oh, oh no, it, it was the wife of a well-known superhero, well-known, well-known shrinking superhero. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, he was a well-known shrinking superhero who liked to get liked to get small, <laughs> and. Uh, but I mean, it, it would be useful if we had him here now, because in Fantastic Voyage style, but without the uh, Raquel Welsh bodysuit, he'd be able to look at our dead body and and tell us a bit more and see if indeed mm. there are tiny footprints in the brain. Now, looking at the looking at the corpse, it looks pretty much like it's some kind of head wound. And looking around, um, I think we can discount a number of murder weapons already in this room. Um, I, I see there's a rope over there. It's it's unlikely to be the rope. It's unlikely to be the dagger. It's unlikely to be that revolver. Which can you put that down, please, Alex? The revolver. It's, it's it's making me nervous. I think it's more likely to be the lead piping or the spanner. Or There's a big stick in the corner. Could perhaps it have been the that? candlestick. Is it a shillelagh? It, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, a candlestick. It's, I mean, because it, it can't be any of the others. I mean, that, that's always my problem with Pluto as a kid. It's like you're going to be able to tell from the body. Except <laughs> revolvers are quite heavy. They have quite a heavy end, and daggers have quite a heavy end, and uh, a rope. If you tie a big knot in right. one end and kind of swing it around and then batter someone. Okay. Yes, treat it like a wet. Or towel. you could trip someone up. Yeah, like a wet towel, yeah. or like a sock with a billiard ball. Or you could tie a yeah. tie a paint can to it, and then yes, give it a good heft. So we, sh- we shouldn't just assume that because something is primarily meant for stabbing, mm. that it can no. also be used. The for clever that. murderer would not use it for stabbing. Yeah, though of course yeah. it'd probably be easier to use. The it The clever for murderer would use a salami and then eat the salami, and they would have eaten the evidence. Because Tom, Tom, you, yeah. I mean, you're self-styled on the internet as being quite clever. Um, but I, I, I do remember you, you had a big falling out with Tanya um, recently regarding Julian Cope. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, 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 was a, 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 I you know, gave Tanya her start on the internet, but I discovered that her name, Hayden, was not in fact pronounced Hayden. It was pronounced Head On. Yes, Head On. Uh, because she'd named it after the Julian Cope I know, very, much unlike, very much unlike her. I, I, felt her, I felt that she'd entirely betrayed her principles. And deserve to die, though not by murder. No, no. And who, who, who would say, uh, who would say she should, she should die by murder? No. Um, anyway, I, I think um, those of you listening, um, if you want a brief, brief breather, because some of us might want to go to the toilet in here, 
Um, if you want to go to the website now and play track two... You could jot down some theories about the crime that's unfolding. Yeah. Um, those of you who are just listening to the radio um, may be party to our um, private conversation about the poor dead body in town. Okay, that's track two on now. Um, so I just say, I, I didn't get to mention um, that Dorothy L. Sayers had a character in one of her books called Montague Egg. Montague Egg. We could do that when we come back in. When, when any relation to Dizzy Egg? No. Yeah, when, they, when, they, oh. when, they, when they come back in, they, I mean, we can do that. Has there ever been a convincing computer game where you had to discover who murdered someone? There's been a convincing mm. computer game where you've been an egg. <laughs> yeah. Is there a, a that did give me an insight into the life of an egg? Which one would that? Which one would that be? Well, I can't remember now. Not Chucky, because you're not an, you're not an egg. <laughs> no, no, you're not a Chucky. New Zealand egg. story? Oh no, you're a kiwi. Yeah. Um, um, is there, is there, is there what? Anyway, I mean, I, uh, well, I mean, Doctor Robotnik was Doctor Eggman in um, in hey, the United wasn't. States. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, was, it yeah. was seriously yeah. Doctor Eggman in like those uh, the US. Cluedo characters that were different names in different countries, such as well. like like what? Uh, like in uh, Norway, Mrs. Peacock was Baroness von Blore. <laughs> and in Spain, she was a man. She was Capitano Arturo. Capitano Arturo. Um, I've, I've got loads here. I think we've got about a minute left on the track. So. Um, uh, Colonel Mustard, Madame Curry in Switzerland. <laughs> Miss Scarlet, Fraulein Ming in Germany. What's, that? what's, what's Ming German for? Uh, it's from the German Ming, okay. which means right. Ming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Menzies in French. Is oh. it? Oh, As in John Menzies. Subtle vowel yes. shift. Jean Menzies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Plum is Dr. Mandarino in Spain. That's a completely different colour. That is outrageous. <laughs> it's a completely well, different well, well. fruit. In, if in, you I were, think if you were, to if you were the Cluedo champion of Britain, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you were the Cluedo champion of Britain and you went to Spain and were confronted with Dr. Mandarino, you'd be completely at sea. I, would, I wouldn't assign the same characteristics to him at all. I think he probably hasn't Some, done it when usually he has. There's a yes. big difference between a mandarin and a plum. The, you're so right. Yeah. In Switzerland, he's called Dr. Dunkel. Dr. Oh, it's like the beer. Yeah. Mm. And of course, of course, Dr. Black in Australia and America is Mr. Body. <laughs> Mr. Bill uh. Oddy. Oh, and also in the Spanish American version, he's Senor Cadaver. Senor Cadaver. It's important to note that's a cadaver with two Ds. I like Senor Cadaver. How long have we got on the track, Rob? Is it about. About, about ten seconds. About ten seconds. Okay. Oh, um, right. yeah. we'll, we'll do a, can we do a little bit more uh, murder mystery stuff, Alex, and then we'll do the letter uh, from the Jigsaw. Yeah. Uh, what sort of things? Do you I'll ask a question. Well, actually, don't worry. My, my mum came up with a theory okay. that basically all, all right, stories. We, we, we'll come back. We'll come back in. Come back. Okay, three, that, two, one. Okay, we're in. Okay. Um, so anyway, Alex, you say you're. Uh, you're. Um, we're, we're, I think we're, we're going to leave Tanya to someone side at the moment because it's unclear what to do. But um, uh, you say your mum's got a theory about uh, uh, literature and fiction, uh, detective fiction. Yeah, uh, we were discussing the show earlier in the week, actually. Uh, she's listening, hello. I just waved her, that was ridiculous. Um, but her theory is You can is wave to her from prison. And I might have to. Mm. Um, her theory... It's as if you knew a body was going to be discovered. Yeah. I'm not anyway. saying anything. No okay, okay. Um, all the stories... Student, I can represent you. I don't really want that. <laughs> Why, right? Actually, what, what, what was your mum's theory? That all stories... If they're well written, yeah. are mystery stories because you nice want to find out what, what happens, happens at the end. end. Man, and someone that tells a story well will, you know, it's like unvi- unraveling a mystery. And therefore, murder mystery stories are either the pinnacle or the nadir of literary liter- literary achievement. One of the two. We hadn't decided. What which. if they were in the middle? Nope. There could be the pinnadir. Or the ninical. The ninical. The 
uh, Sarah, sorry, I'm, I, I, I like I like that theory, um, but I think we need to we need to move on in a second. But before we move on to um, to the, the letter from Tajikistan, you offered to um, represent uh, Alex there because you're a um, you're you're doing a law course at the moment. Mm. That's right. That right. That's true. But surely you may have an interest in this because I know you and Tanya, I know you and Tanya are very very oh, good are friends. You're talking about my other business. I'm just saying that Talks I know you. I know you're very good friends with Tanya, but. Mm, yeah, Tanya, Tanya and I uh, did work together for a little while. We had a, a little home distillery going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but wasn't there an argument about that? Uh, at one point, um, there was an accusation um, that I did actually um, suffer our business harm by drinking all the profits of our home distilled gin. I'm sure, it was just before she had the chance to do it. I wish she. I think she thought she would have wished for it first. I, I was trying to forget, Pete. I, I yeah. was trying to forget. Um, but what actually what happened um, with this, I um, I admitted I, I had to drink the gin. And then Tanya tried to take her revenge on me, as was her want. Was that the bucket incident? God bless her. A bucket was left outside my front door. We're still not sure to this day who left it, but I think we could take a guess. My mm. foot got stuck in the bucket. I was late for work at the demolition my derby that day. My God, look at the body. I hadn't noticed before, but there's a bucket on its foot. You're right. <laughs> my God. I've seen that bucket before. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. Anyway, I, well, I, th- I think we, but, we but may... But Tanya and I made it up. We extended our business. Um, mm. We found a couple Whatever. of potatoes on the street uh, the next day, okay. and we decided that we'd expand into uh, vodka as well. If, if you we, say we made so. it up. However, when she did the same thing to Jay-Z later, I, I don't think that Jay-Z w- is as forgiving as I am. Jay-Z's not here. No. Who is Jay Z? He's, he's, he's got enough problems of his own. Yeah, that's true. Ninety nine of them. Anyway, I think I think now um, it's time to bring in our uh, regular feature, our one pre recorded item for the show. Um, a good friend of the show um, who's in Tajikistan, um, Anna Spencer, has sent us a little missive, um, and I think it's themed around this show as well. So let's hear our letter from Tajikistan. My name's Anna Spencer, and I'm calling from Dushanbe, the capital of Tajikistan. I've been living here for seven months now working for um, mainly a child rights uh, NGO and I will be soon heading back to the UK. Uh, Tajikistan is uh, located between Kyrgyzstan, Afghanistan, China and Uzbekistan. Now that makes it sound pretty frightening but Dushanbe is actually quite a calm town although there was a bomb last week. It was um, quite an ineffectual bomb in that uh, it it only killed one person, the person who carried it, and it was uh, so ineffectual that in fact I walked past the um, bomb site ten minutes after the bomb had exploded. Didn't notice a thing. Didn't see any damage to the to any kind of building at all. However, I'm not going to talk about Central Asian politics and terrorism. So I'm going to talk about how much I could murder a cup of tea. <clears throat> now I know that expats uh, should actually not be encouraged in, in any way at all to have a comfortable way of life. But I think that the use of Lipton tea in every country around the world apart from the UK is cruel and unusual punishment because I could absolutely murder a cup of tea. What adds insult to injury with the cup of tea being Lipton is that there is no milk available. There's been a stoppage of the Ukrainian milk that is imported for some 
<clears throat> couldn't possibly say corrupt reasons. <clears throat> and um, now there are very, very few on the shelf. And in fact, sometimes you try and buy the one that's left on the shelf and you're told that it's actually for show and you couldn't possibly buy it. But when people do come across milk in the shops, there is actually there are actually functioning telephone trees to tell everybody else that there's milk on the shelves. Your only other um, possibility is to know somebody who knows a cow. And I actually have been able to take advantage of that as well and had some lovely milk by that way. So that is what I could murder in Dushanbe, a nice cup of tea, tea made with PG tips or with Tetley, but with anything but Lipton, and a good splash of milk poured in first, of course. However, today is the diamond wedding anniversary of the Queen, and whilst you couldn't call me a royalist, in fact, I would set, go as far to say as I'm a Republican, I have been invited to Her Majesty's Embassy to celebrate her diamond wedding anniversary, where I shall be enjoying another kind of tea, another that also one can murder for in Central Asia, and that's a GNT. So that's where I'm heading now. Um, I shall soon be back in the UK, and that's the difference for me between Dushanbe and London. I'm Anna Spencer in Dushanbe. Okay, thanks very much there from Anna, and she's back in London um, tomorrow, and it's her birthday today, so happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, um, birthday. happy birthday. And anyway, um, I, I think now, um, looking closely at, at Tanya's body, the, the brain trauma is, is quite quite serious, and there's, there's blood everywhere, which um, reminds me a little bit of um, playing a recent bloody computer game. Sarah? I don't know about, um, about recent video games. I haven't uh, played many games which don't involve uh, twee cartoon characters from Nintendo. Um, but but in, in my younger days, uh, before I calmed down after starting the gin business with Tanya, you could often find me down the arcades playing a the goriest video games that I could find. Um, a particular one, a favourite of mine, was one called Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat! That's, <laughs> that's how Mortal Alan Partridge would say. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. What was, what was the idea of Mortal Kombat, though? The, game I'm, I, the name, I think, suggests... Okay, well, it was there's a, some... a puzzle game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a role-playing game where you had to find a vase and then put some flowers in flower arranging. No, no, not not really. Oh, okay. No, it was um, a two-person uh, sort of 2D beat 'em up. Right. Um, like Street Fighter. Oh uh, well, a, a bit like Street Fighter, but where it was different to Street Fighter was that you know in Street Fighter you hit somebody, they, they didn't bleed. Um, they they run out of health, but they just collapse a bit. And when they finish the you know the character poses, they move on. It you never really felt like they were you were actually seizing somebody's life with it. Um, you were just well, you were it, it was just boxing. You weren't fighting to the death. Boxing, no, except weren't. with electric. It was like a sort of post pub scuffle, Street yeah. Fighter, really. You know, it's like it's like except judo. Sometimes it was with a uh, with a big green monster called Blanca, who would was cheating because <laughs> you just use your electric shock all the time. Because if somebody jumped at, on you at half eleven, everyone looks like a big green monster called Blanca. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mm. You might say that. Or a panda. But I mean, yeah, it's like judo in the Olympics. Two. You know, you you don't want to kill. Why would why would you want to kill someone just because you're fighting? You don't want to kill someone, right? Hmm. But I was thinking about um, when, when I mean, when Mortal Kombat might have been one of the first ones when, well, you know, your so-called moral majority, ah, oh, 
came along and said, oh, no, this is just this is glorifying of violence and so on. And then I thought, well, obviously the same things came along about Doom, but that's a first person shooter. And obviously I hate all of them. Mortal Kombat was before that as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat, there was a big fuss made about it. Yeah. I, believe, I believe on the console there was death mode or, or blood mode or something like that, which, which you could turn on or off. I think. I, d- I don't know. I, d- I never had it in the console. Growing up in a seaside town, it was um, obviously on the arcades where you can be as gory as you want. Um, I believe that they were generally set to blood mode off. So you'd punch somebody and there'd be the really grisly sound effects, but you wouldn't actually see anything. Right. So, so, so sound effects. Um, I mean, what kind, of, what kind of things would happen? Or have you got any we can listen to? Well, uh, actually, I, pref- I um, prepared a bit of a quiz that we could do. <laughs> okay. Yay, a quiz. <laughs> I like quizzes. So how does my this work, my quiz is called Guess the Fatality. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that's Alan Partridge back for you again. Okay. So what's going to happen here is that um I'm going to ask Rob to play a certain sound effect and this will be a, a fatality. Um, um in Mortal Kombat this is a special finishing move where you've already beaten your opponent but you get to um off them in a special and exciting way. And um, and Lollards are going to have to listen to the sound effect and wonder exactly how this person is offing the other person. Okay. So Rob, we go track one, please. What about that one? That's it's got a bit of goo there, certainly, and a bit of crunching. Um, Do you think the scream might have had something? The, the it, a sort of slow, uh, it high pitched scream. It's, it's getting there's some kind of being sucked down a, a loo. Was it a lady <laughs> falling from a multi-story Yes, they conjured a toilet and flushed them down. It's, it. it's in an aeroplane toilet, and oh, yes. you're getting flushed out through it, out of the plane, bum first. That's going to smart. Yeah, that's, well, that's, actually, that's exactly what it sounded like to me. Actually, that's fairly interesting. Um, it, it didn't happen in Mortal Kombat, but in Double Dragon Two, which is. Um, Actually, quite interesting because it's one of the games where it starts off where um, where the protagonist's sister has actually been explicitly murdered, and there's a revenge for there's the a murder. Because yeah, yeah. usually they're you, you're just is, kidnapped. Is that or what something. happens to them? Um, no, but there is a scene in a helicopter where somebody has to be uh, suctioned out of the helicopter. Because they don't oh. have maybe through the toilet or not. I wouldn't know. I've never been in one. But anyway, in this one, who's, who's I'm afraid no helicopters, um, no helicopter or aeroplane death was involved in this. Um, this is where um, Jax, um, J-A-X, mm-hmm. as in Jack and Agatha. Um, as in Ajax. As in Ajax, Fair yeah. Enough. So the fatality rips off uh, the opponent's arms, leading them to bleed to death through their shoulders. Right. However, mm. given the fact that even in Mortal Kombat it's really gory, if you just punch somebody in the stomach really weakly, there's practically a bloodbath all over the floor. Yeah. So just pulling off your arm, I think you'd survive. I think that one's a bit rubbish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we, what if you were fighting an ant? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. And on that note, win. track two. Track two. That's got a big oh in there, almost as if someone's kicked him in the ghoulies. I I think that's a peaceful euthanasia in a Belgian (laughs) clinic. (laughs) Okay, what do you think, Alex? Wolves did it. (laughs) (laughs) This one um, is uh, your first female murderizer. Okay. Uh, This is Katana, who's a purple ninja. Now, she murderizes her victims in in quite an interesting way. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes up close to them, gives them a kiss. 
and this kiss causes the victim to become very, very engorged. <laughs> so much so that then they literally explode to death. Now, what happens if she kisses another female character? Wait, woo! <laughs> That's what happens. Also, they explode to death. Right, okay. Wit woo indeed. Oh, so uh, it, 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 is it a whole body engorgement or? Um... Uh, yep, it's a whole body engorgement. I believe there was a, there was a there was a British superhero who had that in the power <laughs> that his entire body was made of uh, erectile tissue. And this when is, he got this excited, is no watershed day. <laughs> yes, sorry, yes. Resonance FM. What yes. about track this, three, Rob? This is yeah. not Lollard's night. Track three, please. <laughs> the same. No, ridiculous. That there's more. There's more bones there. There's more bones. Fatality. A few actions were involved in that ah, one. Okay. So, uh, I think there was a train. Oh, is it Jenga? Oh, yeah, maybe someone's built, done giant Jenga and pushed it on top of someone. In, like, like, that would be an agonising way to die. If there was like a Jenga tower of acidic <laughs> bricks or something and you had to wait while your opponent Like Jenga built on it. acid. Yeah, yeah. or Jen- Jenga with acid, actually. But and I, I, saw, I saw someone have an entire Jenga tower pushed on top of them in the courts pub, actually, on Tottenham Court Road once, and it did look pretty damn painful. But Jenga did they scream? Are tiny. No, no, it was it was a giant Jenga. Oh right, okay. But it didn't scream quite like that. Oh well. What was that? Anyway, this murderizer is a guy called Kung Lao. He's a Shaolin monk who uh, follows high fashion by wearing a steel rimmed hat, a bit like Oddjob out of James Bond. Right. Um, so in this fatality, he spins the hat across the screen, and ideally, it cuts off the head first, then mid torso, then um, cuts you off at the knee. So you're just left with a twitching pair of feet at the end, which is quite good. Um, it is a bit like Jenga. Yeah. It's a little body Jenga. There's also another option to this. There's a, a friendship option where um, after the big uproar about these fatalities yeah, yeah, came yeah. out, they gave you an option to pull off a, a combo, which would give you a, a twee option. And in this one, um, he throws his hat for a little dog to catch, and the oh. dog runs after it. It's all very cute until they and both disappear the off screen. Good. Yeah. And you the just dog's hear mouth a little wind messed up. <laughs> I must admit, I always, steel-rimmed hat. I always wanted to see Objob do that in Goldfinger, you know, throw it to the dog, and the dog catches it, and his whole top of his head gets cut off, and the brain goes around the back, and so on. Mm. I think we've got time for one more. So, one um, more. Yeah, one more. Is okay, that okay, we'll have track four then. Good. <laughs> now, that was a dragon. I think there's a dog involved there. Or a dragon. I think there's a dog involved because he's gone walkies. So what about walkies. a dog dragon hybrid? Could be a dog dragon hybrid. Cerberus? Was that it's a dragon? Right. It's kind of no dogs. Maybe. It had a tail. Hmm. Monty headed dog. Uh, it was like like one of the, like a razor with like three, four, 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 four blades or something like that. Hmm, I okay. feel we've lost our way somewhat. Yeah. So, what was that one? Okay, this one is a guy called Scorpion, who's a, a ninja, wears a mask. So what happens with this one is that he pulls off his mask uh, to reveal a skull, and then he throws a really puny viapole at the victim's feet, which burns them from the toes up. And that's the bit which I find a bit amusing about it. Um, toe up death. Um, there's like Bob Marley. Fa- Dead from the toes up. It, well, indeed. There's another fatality that this guy can do where he literally pulls uh, the victims into hell and he creates about 20 billion clones of himself which all torture the victim forever, which I think that's, is a bit more scary than having a mild burn on your little surely, toe. Surely breaking one of Knox's Ten Commandments about the, the supernatural. Yes. Yeah. Is Mortal Kombat traditional detective fiction? <laughs> I don't, I don't it's think pretty it obvious who done it. That says, that, says to me, that says to me, actually, we need to solve this murder and we need to solve it now. Although, yes. with, with cloning, it does say twin brothers and doubles generally must not appear. Oh. No clone. Who, oh, who, no, no clonings. Who yeah, done it then, Pete? Um, well, looking at it, um, it could have been Sarah. 
Um, the bucket suggested Sarah, and the uh, the gin smell suggested Sarah. Objection. Um, well, yes, but however, the the fact that it needed someone with a, a tall grasp and high extra height that Sarah doesn't have rules her out, and unfortunately, that rules Alex out too. Yes, despite um, despite her need for the kidney. I need a kidney. But during that but during that period, I went in there and I had a quick look at her, and actually, I discovered something. Whilst it could have been Tom, because he certainly would be tall enough, and it could be Rob, because he would be tall enough, and certainly has motive with regards to his love of Pink Floyd, mm. I've discovered this is not actually a dead body at all. What? <gasps> this is actually a life-size replica of Tanya Hedden in a CSI plastic matique kind of way, and she's left a note in there, and she's left things to make it look like we've all committed this murder. But actually, all she wanted was so that she could come in and do this show next week instead of us, and spread her music hate across the airwaves. Thank goodness oh, we foiled that. This, yes. This is truly abominable. So How that means, could she? I know. She made me read out that useless note. I'm going to drink all the gin again. I know. Well, that's, that's the thing. So anyway, um, thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. The drink. Uh, <laughs> and our non-stop, non-music marathon hour between 7 and 8 o'clock on Resonance 104.4 FM. The drink. ResonanceFM.com. ResonanceFM.com and the, uh, the Podstar the podcast, um, FreakyTrigger.co.uk. We've only got one thing left to do, um, which is the uh, illegal download midweek number one, um, which we were talking earlier um, about murder, and obviously murder is very important to Nick Cave, and it turns out that uh, Nick Cave is the illegal download midweek number one with his version of um, four minutes, 33 seconds, <laughs> which you can download now. On the freakytrigger.co.uk website. It, it might be Grinder Man's version. <laughs> it might be Grinder Or it could be. There's, there's no real way of having it. <laughs> it could be Girls <laughs> version. So thank you for listening to I'm Sorry We Haven't a Cluedo, um, or alternatively, Freaky Triggers and a lot of pop. And uh, we'll be back this time next week with a song and music and the trains of Salterello, I dare say. Thank you very much for listening. And any minute now, the next group will be coming in. So um, don't mind the transition time because obviously there's no music to hide it. So um, we're running away quickly and they're coming in. Like live action blogging. It is like live action blogging, but without the blogging. Yeah, listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. Sorry, don't run away so quickly. What was that program? Freaky Trigger in the Lollards. Never mind. Uh, this is Resonance 104.4 FM. This is No Music Day special. And as you can hear, there's a lot of background noise in uh, in the background. <laughs> and the next program is about experience and memory of art. So, what is your first? What is your memory? What is your memory of a piece of art? I'll start off by um, mentioning the music, which is quite um, interesting. And um, yeah, it's um, it starts off a bit like this. And then there's a high, there's a there's a high bit which goes. Ding, 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 ding,
Yeah, and I think it's quite the music's quite significant because it's um it's got this kind of elemental um feel of it, the kind of rhythmic kind of um savage kind of rhythmic section. Then there's this kind of high um high pitched bit which is uh quite a nice contrast. And uh the action starts off in Rome. Um there are kind of a bunch of people who are uh quite um sort of upper middle class kind of cultured people, quite wealthy people. Actually, maybe not that cultured, but they're wealthy, and they go on a holiday um, off the coast of um, Sicily. They go, they go 